illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgate. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic liquid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how in the heck are you doing on this Tuesday evening? Doing wonderful, Billy. Got back from California late last night. Yes, we did. Um, and uh, just got home after a long day of work, and I realized the crew was out trimming up my my grapes. Uh, so when they're they, looking really. When do they harvest? Uh, I think we're still probably about three or four weeks away. Um, as we get a little bit closer, um, David, who's the one who buys my grapes from me, he will start swinging by and taking samples and having them tested. Uh, to see what their sugar content is, uh, to best gauge on when they should be harvested. Oh, right on. Yeah, it's you know people, it, it's it's really a science in a lot of this stuff. You know, more more so than uh, than I really care to know. <laughs> uh, I just have people do it for me. But yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. I mean, like they're down to like I'll be like already. He's like, no, we need to wait probably another four or five days. Wow. You know, it's yeah. So they can tell how it goes up, the sugar yeah. content goes up and stuff. Yeah, they they call it bricks, and they have a certain certain number of bricks that they want to hit before they they harvest. That's interesting. So, but see, then the problem you got is the grapes get good, and uh, then the birds come in and eat them all. Ah. So that's why I bought my blow up guy a while back. That's uh, up on my zipline platform. That you know when I turn him on, he shakes his hands. You know he's big. He's an orange dude, and he's like twenty feet tall. And um, so hopefully. Uh, probably in the next week, I will probably start turning him on during the days to try to keep the birds away. We'll see if it works. Right on. Do, do, do they think it will? 
I don't know. Uh, one of uh, uh, one of our tailgating friends, Bruce, uh, used it uh, on a small smaller version just near his blueberries at his house. Uh-huh. Uh, he started doing it about three or four years ago, and uh, maybe longer than that. And he said he would just turn it on all day, and he said he kept the birds away, and he had blueberries to harvest. So, but my my vineyard is about two acres, uh, versus I'm sure his uh, blueberries were only probably a maybe 10 or 20 feet. So we'll see yeah, though. Yeah. Right on. I don't know if I was, if I, if I was a bird and I saw a big old orange, blo- big old orange blowy guy, I'd be scared to death. <laughs> there you go. So. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgating and anything else we find interesting every week. Now this week, it will be a somewhat shortened show. Um, we're going to be quick and down and dirty because obviously it's Tuesday night. Normally the show comes out on Tuesday. We usually record Sunday if possible, Monday if time's tight. I edit Monday and it gets posted Tuesday, but we didn't get home till Monday night. Mm-hmm. Also, we didn't watch any. I well, you never watch games. I didn't watch any games this week other than the Beaver game. We were a little busy. Yeah. So, so there's gonna be some that we just don't have a lot to talk about. Um, so we're just. Gonna... But really, we we could spend like five hours talking about the Beaver game as good as that one was. Pretty, pretty much good. Um, I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, most other podcasters. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. So, Beach, we got some listener feedback today. Oh, I, you know, I'm a big fan of listener feedback, Billy. I don't know if you know this about me. We have an email. Ooh, that new technology. So this, What's it say? This one's from Sully. Sully's emailed us before. He said, here's an email. Keep up the good work, Sully. Hey, thank you, Sully. So what's our count up to, like nine? Well, till right now, when we got another email. Are we up to ten? We got, we got two emails this week. We kind of have like ten listeners now. This one's from Dano. Oh, okay. Well, He's don't sound so list. disappointed. <laughs> He took the time to send us an email. Well, no, I appreciate it. Dano, thank you for sending the email. But it's not adding to our count at this point in time. Well, but uh, what did Dano have to say? Dano says... Sully likes us. Sully appreciates us. What does Dano have to say? Dano says, the Beavs, Cyclones, Wazoo, and even Texas A&M. Well, almost a clean sweep. Because Texas A&M didn't win. Oh, okay. He continues, fantastic weekend of college football. Can't wait to see the Beavs ride this momentum for one more non-con and then against the University of Spoiled Children in two weeks. We call that cheesesteak day. Yeah, we do. At least this season is. <laughs> so it's nice from, from Daniel. And guess what, Beach? What? We got a Facebook message. I think I might have saw that Facebook message. Yep. So this one's from Josh James. He said, I hope all is well and excited for this week's podcast. I replied, yeah, sorry. No, it'll be coming out tomorrow. We've just been gone. He replied, no worries. Just figured I'd say hi and show there's at least one listening. Looking forward to it. Yeah. You you know, it's good to know, like in case both of us die of like carbon monoxide poisoning, at least people would be messaging our our Facebook saying, are you guys okay? (laughs) You okay over there? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I've ever shared this story, but because uh, because I live alone and I've lived alone my entire life. Um, hey, I my... lived with you for your first like 16 years. OK, OK. Well, once I, I moved out, uh, 
when was I? I was 21. Yeah, I think so. I think it was 21. Yeah, when I finally moved out, I was 21, and I've pretty much lived alone my entire life. And my last house had two stories, and I always had this deep, deep fear that some day I would be going down the stairs and I'd trip, I'd fall, I'd break my neck, and nobody would find me until the funky smell came out the front door. And I shared this with my mom one time. And so now if she doesn't hear from me in like every two or three days, she'll send me a text message that just says dead or not dead. So and then I always respond not dead until yep. the day I probably have to respond dead or I probably won't respond at all that day. Yeah. So but anyway, but now I'm down to a two or a single story house. So my chances of falling down and breaking my neck are much, much less. Well, that's always good. Yeah, I try to you know manage my risk. Good idea. All right, Beach, are you ready to talk about a little beaver sports? Dude, I am so ready to talk about this. What do we got? Okay, first up is women's volleyball. Oh, God, Billy, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. It's like ripping off a goddamn Band-Aid, Billy. What do we got? Well, Beach, so last Friday. Is there Oregon... a butt involved? There's going to be a butt, isn't there? There's always a butt. Oregon State split the opening day of the ASICS Invitational on Friday, knocking off North Texas 3-1. to one before dropping the nightcap to Utah State 3-0. to zero. But then, on Saturday... But then, that was a but. Was that the right but? Izzy Sul... Uh, you know, I've been practicing this, now i got to try and get it out. Izzy Sulzieski recorded Oregon State's first triple-double in five years in a 3-0 sweep of Portland. Holy crap. Yeah, the sophomore from Beaverton, Oregon, needed just three sets to record 22 digs, 12 assists, and 11 kills. Now, the last Beaver to get a triple-double was Kylie McLaughlin, also against Portland on September 2nd, 2017. Now, the Beavs will close out the non-conference slate this weekend in New Orleans at the Green Wave Invitational. Hmm. And also, just announced on Monday, Beach, after recording Oregon State's first triple-double in five years, Izzy Sulzieski earned Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week honors. Nice. And you nailed it, by the way, on that second go-round. I know. I've been practicing it because it's <laughs> – it's it's so it, – the, um, the spelling is S-Z-U-L-C-Z-E-W-S-K-I. Hmm. Yeah. Tough one. Yeah. Right up there with Schmittelkoffer. Yep. Pretty much. All right, Beach. Next up is women's soccer. Women's soccer. Okay, got to get a visual. Okay, I'm ready. The Oregon State women's soccer team battled number five Virginia in a 5-0 defeat at Kluckner Stadium on Thursday night in Charlottesville. Mm. But then, in the final non-conference match of the season, Oregon State knocked off James Madison with a 1-0 result on the road. Again, at least it wasn't a tie. Yep. So that leaves the Beavs 4-2-2 two, and two on the year, and they'll be back in action on Friday, September 23rd, so a little bit more in a week and a half, against Washington State to start Pac-12 play. Now, kickoff from Paul Lorenz Field is set for 6 p.m. Okay. Now, remember, if you're watching that game on Pac-12 Network, just look over the fence and you'll see the tent. <laughs> <laughs> might you'll, even, you'll might see even see the, the trailer too yeah you'll see the Heiner tailgater getting ready to go in in past seasons you could and i don't think it'll be this saturday or this friday but in past seasons you could see the tent slowly going up really yeah i always thought that was funny i'd watch the replay of the game 
And I'd see the tent like moving and going up and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's where Greg and I were doing that. But now we usually do it earlier. Yeah. All right, Beach. We also have a little bit of men's soccer news. Okay. The Oregon State men's soccer team dropped its first road match of the season, falling three to one to UC Santa Barbara on Saturday. Now the Beavs will return home Thursday to face Seattle University at seven. All righty. And finally, Beach, we have a little bit of football news. Well, we got a lot of football news, but yeah. what's what's this about? Well, Beach, this was announced on Monday, and we'll kind of get into what happened more during the game. But Oregon State defensive back Kitan Oladapo was named the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week. He's the second Beaver to be named the league's Defensive Player of the Week this season, following Jaden Grant in Week 1. The duo were the first Beavers to earn the honor in back-to-back weeks since 2008, when Stephen Paya and Greg Laybourne were recognized. Hmm. Now, Oladop- Good times. Yeah, Oladapo posted a career high with 15 tackles, including a sack and one and a half tackles for loss, as the Beavs came from behind in the fourth quarter last Saturday. Now, Beach, um, also for Oregon State football, redshirt senior Jack Coletto was named to the Horning Award honor roll for the second time this season, meaning he also was named last week. That was reported by the Louisville Sports Commission. Now the honor is the fourth of Coletto's career, following two during the 2021 season. Now the Horning Award recognizes the most versatile player in college football. Well, with him, it's well deserved. Yes, and I, I, I don't know how he didn't get it last year, um, but he's got to be the front runner at this point. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, wanted just, to th- throw those in there. Tremendous, just doing a tremendous job out there. Oh, Beach. Billy. Is that what I'm hearing? I think it is. Okay. Hold on here. Gotta let it print a little bit. Hold on. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. University of Oregon receives $16.6 million of the $2.2 trillion Build Back Better Act to play with their wood. Announced on Tuesday, the U of O will get $14.6 million to go towards building an acoustic lab in the Port of Portland to study how sound travels through mass timber. Another $2 million will go towards building two-story small houses built with mass plywood. While this sounds impressive, it is probably just an excuse to get a free acoustics lab paid by federal tax dollars rather than using the money received by financially ignorant students who take out college loans that are in far excess of the value of their degrees that the U of O provides. So congrats to the U of O for stealing even more money than the U- from the U.S. taxpayer. And this has been your Heinrich Tailgater update from Eugene. <sighs> Enough said. You know, it was it was funny on this uh, when when um, so uh, I don't know you know what mass timber is, Billy? It's essentially like a like a glue lamb, I guess you'd say. Okay. So a bunch bunch of timbers that are are glued laminated together and essentially creates a wall. So it, it's funny that they are are doing this this thing and they're claiming that they're they're testing. You know, they're getting an acoustics lab. The the wood is just the excuse. Because that, that's my own take on that. But it was funny because like five or six years ago, 
I was um, I was uh, out uh, to dinner with Barcroft. Okay. And he told me, let me see if I can find my notes here. Hold on just a sec. He uh, he was actually uh, uh, they were using a, a glue lamb uh, or one of these laminated mass timbers uh, at a building at uh, I think it was at Western Oregon University back in 2015. It was for the Richard Woodcock Education Building. And they're using it. It was supposed to be used on the exterior, but then they were going to insulate the hell out of it on the wall on the interior because otherwise the noise goes through it like crazy. The vibrations just travel right through the wood. And the idiots at uh, Western Oregon University are like, it's so pretty. We don't want to insulate it. He's like, you realize there's going to be a ton of noise going through it. Well, we don't think it'll be that much. We want to leave it as exposed wood. So they did. And that is probably why they're testing mass timber. <laughs> so it was funny because Barcroft and I were just out to dinner. I mean, like I said, this was back, you know, probably five years ago we were discussing, or seven years ago we were discussing this crap. And I, I always remembered it because I'm like, and only freaking stupid college professors would say, don't cover it up when the guy building the thing says, I don't think you want to do that. Yeah. You know, I, I always go by the attitude. The person who's the professional in the industry is usually wiser than the person who's not. But uh, anyway. why? Why is U of O studying this? I don't know. Like I said, I think my my gut instinct is it's it's so they, you know, when people are throwing money out, everybody wants to be the person who receives it. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, oh, I need some. I need some. Well, we all have needs in life, right? We all have wants and desires. And so they probably threw as many excuses at, at the wall as they could to uh, see what they could score from the federal government on this two point two trillion dollar act. And so now they get a free acoustics lab out of it, or maybe not a free. They're they're getting you know 14.6 million of it paid for, and I'm not sure why it's up at the port of Portland. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and I'm just wondering why because Oregon State's got the engineering school. Oregon State's got mm -hmm. the the agricultural school. Mm -hmm. They're they're the ones that T the timber. Yeah, do timber and timber related things. You know, that's they help. Yeah. You know, like glue lamp beams and stuff. That's why. Why is it going on? It it's just weird. Well, and I, I was talking to Brad a little bit about it. And he said, I guess these uh, laminated, these mass timbers are used pretty heavily over in Europe, but there's really not a lot of use for them in the U.S., especially on the West Coast. In fact, he told me that the the Richard Woodcock Education Building was the first vertical cross laminated timber uh, installed in Oregon. Huh. That's so, odd, considering we got so much yeah. timber. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, you also got a lot of people that seem to want to let it grow and not be cut down. So anyway. And then burn but like there you got, go. get a deal with now. Exactly. All right, Beach. But anyway, so there you go. So you can take pride when the University of Oregon is using their new lab that you you help build that. Yeah, you help fund it. <laughs> you, help, you help fund it, America. All righty, uh, Beach. Well, it is now time to go under further review for week number two in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! I'm pretty excited. Billy, 
Okay, yeah, we're okay. I'm pretty excited about this. For one right. thing, I didn't watch any games. Have no idea how we did in the score here. You, so you usually don't. Okay, first of all, I remind us everyone going into this game. You and I had nine out of eleven on the season because we only had one week. Kyle was at seven mm-hmm. out of eleven, and we had ten picks this week. All right, okay. as people may or may not know, uh, last weekend Beej and I were down in Anaheim for the D23 convention, uh, so we didn't watch any football games, which isn't normal, or which is completely normal for Beej, not normal for me. So, but we did watch most of the Beaver game either standing in lines or sitting at a table towards the end in Disneyland on uh, Saturday it, night. It, it was, it was quite surreal that we're, we're sitting down. What was the, I, I call it Pinocchio's village house, but what it is, the, the red rose red tavern. Rose tavern. Yes. Okay. We're sitting in the outside seating of the red rose tavern at what was it about 11 o'clock? 1130. Yeah, well after 11. Yeah. And, and we're sitting there watching it on Billy's screen on his phone as behind it, I'm seeing Dumbo spin around. Yeah. So <laughs> it was kind of so, funny. Anyway, but anyways, yeah. so I don't have a lot to talk about some of these games, and quite frankly, some of these games really don't need to be talked about. Were they that bad? Yeah, there was some uh, drubbings out there. Drubbings? There was a drubbing. Yes. Is that a word? Yes. God, I really need to get out my thesaurus more. Yeah. Okay. You well, never let, heard, let's you've start. never heard of drubbing? I've never heard of drubbing. It, it means, sounds like it, an Olympic sport. So it means like a beating or a thrashing or a walloping or a thumping or a battering all those, or a pounding. All of those words. All of those words I know. Yeah. But not drubbing. Well, look at that. It's I just, like, I just like learned just, something. I just recently, yeah, I just recently learned from watching Judge Judy what a kerfuffle was. So. Oh, you don't know what a kerfuffle okay. was? Well, I've heard the word, but I never. I always thought it was just kind of a kind of a made-up word no it's real yeah no this is a kerfuffle it's, yeah. it's kind of a thing yeah. especially on judge judy yep. all right Beach, so let's get into these uh every game was on saturday september 10th do you have your list from what happened last week i do the picks okay so first up we had southern utah at utah and we all picked the utes of utah not to be confused with whatever the southern utah people are well beach Utah beat Southern Utah 73 to 7. 73 to 7. Correct. That is a beat down. So we don't really need to talk about that. No. <laughs> you, you know, I, I still always stand by the fact that who I can't remember who the I think it was Riley. I, I always go back to him said, you know, people like, well, there should be a mercy rule. Hey, he's like, hey, my job is to stop them from scoring. Their job is to score. You, you can't just say it's unfair. Yeah. So, you know, you got to let the team play. Yeah. And uh, and you know what? Southern Utah probably made a couple of bucks for playing them. So good for them. Sure. All right. So next up, we had Washington State at Wisconsin. We all picked Wisconsin. We did. Was well, that a good call or a bad call? Well, Beach, Washington State running back Nakia Watson scored both of Washington State's touchdowns as the Cougs upset number 19 Wisconsin 17-14 to 14 on Saturday. Watson rushed for 522 yards and five touchdowns at Wisconsin from 2019 to 2020 before transferring. Wow. So, yeah, he, he helped beat the, his old team on his return home. Now, Watson scored on a two-yard run in the second quarter and put the Cougs ahead for good 
by turning a short completion into a 31-yard score with 5-12 left in the third period. Hmm. So Wazoo going into Wisconsin and picking up the win. That's pretty impressive. That That is, especially for a fairly young coach here. And Yeah. Yeah. So, so none of us. Well, good for them. That that's that that's gonna maybe make the Pac-12 a little interesting this year. Yeah. All right. Next up, Beach, Colorado at Air Force. Um, we all picked uh, Air Force because for the most part, Colorado sucks. Even though Air Force is in Colorado. Oh. Okay. So, well. So the Colorado University yeah. of Colorado sucks. Yeah. U of U of C sucks. Fullback. Honestly, I, didn't, I, honestly, I didn't even know Air Force was in Colorado, so that's yep. interesting. Air Force fullback Brad Roberts ran for 174 yards and three TDs to help Air Force overcome several miscues, including a snap over the punter's head in a 41-10 win over Colorado on a dreary Saturday. Now, Air Force and Colorado combined for six turnovers in the rainy conditions, including each team fumbling at the goal line while going in for a score. Now, the Buffalo's goal line fumble occurred in the third, and right after Air Force set them up in good field position after a snap sailed over the head of punter Carson Bay. Alex Fontenot was trying to wiggle into the end zone when the ball was ripped away. Now, at that point, if he would have scored, it would have made it a one-score game. So it went from being a possible one-score game to a 41-10 beatdown. Wow. Yep. So all of us picked up the win there. All right, Beach, moving on. UNLV at Cal. Um, now, Kyle stepped out, and he, he went with UNLV. You and I both picked uh, the Bears. Correct. I, I took the, the Bears the, after. The, the, the Bears. I actually had picked UNLV, but then went back to Cal because I said I liked their defense. Okay. I so, just went with Cal yep. straight up. So, Jaden Ott scored two touchdowns, one on the ground and one through the air, and Cal's defense stiffened late to lead the Bears to a 20-14 victory over UNLV on Saturday. Cal made three fourth-down stops in the second half, including a fourth-and-goal opportunity for the Rebels from the Cal 8, with 2.46 remaining that preserves Cal's six-point lead. Hmm. So we get the point, and Kyle, Kyle is his, he, he keeps moving further and further behind. Poor Kyle. Correct. I hate you, Kyle. All right, next up, Beach, Portland State at Washington. So they played Washington last week, and now they play us this week. Is that correct? No, the Beavs play Montana State this week. Oh, we're playing them just at the at Portland. Portland. Correct. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting confused. And you did that same thing last week. I know. I'm smoking the crack. I got to cut it out. What? Um, that just seems weird why, that we'd have it there. Why? I just I could understand if we were playing Portland State and we were playing in Portland. Don't understand why we're playing Montana State there. I think part of it is because they're trying to pull more, try pulling more Portland audience, and the stadium's all under construction. So why not? Oh, that's true. Does the stadium, does um, Civic or whatever we call it now, does it have more seating than? Uh, I don't know. What is the name of that Acer? stupid stadium? PGE Park. Is it? It was PGE Park Timber Stadium. I'm going to look it up here. I don't know. I just call it Civic because, you know, by God, it's it was Civic for. Oh, now it's Providence Park. Okay. Capacity is 25,218. So not far off of what the reduced reser is right now. 
Gotcha. I know it'll always be Civic Stadium to me. So, Beach. Yeah. You, you you can always tell what industry is is being subsidized by who puts names on things. Mm-hmm. So Portland Portland General Electric wait too much money for a while, then then the collapse happened for them because I think weren't they owned by Enron for a while? I think so. Yeah, and then Providence comes out with the healthcare system anyway. And notice that uh, that was the same for the Rose Garden also because they're named after a medical. What's the Rose Garden called nowadays? Oh, they're named after a hospital, though I think too, or a healthcare provider. Anyway, um, is it not the Rose Garden that, anymore? No, it hasn't been the Rose Garden for a long time. God dang it! Rose Quarter, Moda Center, Moda Center. There we go. Yeah, I see. I would still call it the Rose the Rose Garden. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Same reason why I still call it Civic Stadium. Exactly. <laughs> Luckily, I still don't. We don't still call it Parker. Yeah. I, well, I, I changed. I, Parker. I went to Reeser pretty quick, but the other. One, I always feel like Reeser has a little bit more of a reason, since the Reesers are alums of Oregon State. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And they, they, they have a direct connection to it, yeah, as opposed and to just a branding thing. And they're a private company. Yeah. So. Anyways, all right, Beach. Up next, Portland State at Washington. Oh, um, Portland State at Washington. We all picked the Huskies on this one. I hope that was a good call. Well, Beach, Washington beat Portland State 52-6. to six. Not quite the beat down uh, that, uh, of the uh, previous game there, but okay. Still Not beach. much to talk about. Okay, Beach, up next, Alabama State <laughs> at UCLA. Alabama State... You know, that's confusing because I wrote ASU. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we all picked UCLA. Well, that's good beach because UCLA beat Alabama State 45-7. to <laughs> Don't need to go any deeper than that. I didn't think I all needed right. to. Now, the next team looks like ASU and, and Oklahoma State. Or no, or... Um, I mean, yes, is that right? it a- was... Arizona State at number 11, Oklahoma State. Okay, we all picked Oklahoma State. Well, Beach, Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders passed for two touchdowns and ran for another, and number 11, Oklahoma State, defeated Arizona State 34-17 to on a rainy Saturday night. Emory Jones passed for 223 yards and a TD, and Zazavian Valade rushed for 118 yards and a score for Arizona State. So I start with an X or a Z? An X. X. I love it when a name starts with an X. X-A-Z-A-V-I-A-N. That's Zazavian. awesome. Yeah, Zazavian. And I mean, validating. That's like, that's like the, the crap you want to use up in a Scrabble board right there. Yeah, you, you get a double word score on that one. <laughs> Dude, you'd nail it. <laughs> you know, you're using an X, a Z, and a V. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, you get a you get a double word score and a triple letter score. Yeah. You're gonna nail. It. Yeah. All right. So you we all beat. we all picked up the win there. Next up, Eastern Washington at Oregon. Um, I have uh, USC versus Stanford. Okay, USC versus Stanford. <laughs> um, uh, we uh, well, you both. You and Kyle picked USC. I picked Stanford. 
Well, Beach, USC quarterback Caleb Williams threw for 341 yards and four TDs, with two of those going to Jordan Addison, leading number 10 Southern Cal past Stanford 41-28 on Saturday night in the Pac-12 opener. Now, Jordan Addison wound up with seven catches for 172 yards, and Oregon transfer Travis Dye ran for 105 yards and a touchdown, while the Trojans' opportunistic defense shined again with two interceptions and two fumble recoveries. Four turnovers that led to 17 Trojan points. Son of a bitch. Yep. So, one, the Beavs need to watch out for that. Really mm-hmm. protect the ball when they're playing USC in two weeks. And two, Kyle and I got the point. All right, up next, Eastern Washington at Oregon. We all believe that the Eagles on the red turf we're going to be able to beat Oregon. Well, Eagles from the but red. they weren't they were yeah from the from red the turf. red turf correct. Yeah. Well, Beach, Oregon beat Eastern Washington seventy to fourteen on Saturday. <sighs> Crying a little bit on the inside there, Billy. Yeah. Okay, and the last one looks like Mississippi State at uh, Arizona. Yep. And you and I picked Mississippi State. Kyle uh, picked Wildcats. Well, Beach, Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers threw for 313 yards and four TDs, two each to Austin Williams and Will Ducking, and Mississippi State beat Arizona 39-17. to Now, Arizona quarterback Jaden Delora, who was a transfer from Washington State, completed 23 of 45 passes for 220 yards, one TD, but three interceptions. Oh, you're not going to win with that. Nope. So where does that leave uh, us at the end of week... Uh... What is well, this, week three? Week, week two? Kyle went seven out of ten. You also went seven out of ten. And I went eight out of ten. To leave Kyle at 14, you at 16, and me at 17. Okay, so we're all still within striking distance. We, you know, we're all close. Sure. We got a, And we got a long season ahead of us. It's week two. A lot of potential of injuries. Yep. But, no, don't talk about that. But, Beach, we've got one more game to talk about tonight. Oregon State at Fresno State. Uh, yeah, that was a good game. It was. So, Beach, <laughs> Oregon State do-everything player. <laughs> did, did did you ever figure out how they scored that, that uh, the how uh, how Fresno State scored their, their last score to get ahead? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Okay. Oregon State do-everything player Jack Coletto scored on a two-yard run on the final play of the game, and Oregon State rallied for a 35-32 victory over Fresno State on Saturday night. Now, the Beavs initially appeared ready to go for a game-tying field goal before Coach Jonathan Smith opted to gamble for the win following a timeout by Fresno State. Now, Smith said, they called a timeout, and I kept thinking to myself, we came here... We came here down here to win the game, not to go to overtime. The opportunity with Jack Coletto on the two, and we did it. Now, Fresno State coach Jeff Tedford said he wasn't trying to ice the kicker when he called the timeout, but just wanted to avoid confusion among his players. Now, the Bulldogs didn't have the players to stop Coletto when it came to that final play. He took a direct snap and ran it in for the score that gave the Beavs their first 2-0 start since 2014. Now, it capped a wild stretch of the game that featured three lead changes in the final minute and 50 seconds. Chance Nolan threw a 17-yard touchdown pass to Treshawn Harrison with 115 remaining to put Oregon State ahead 29-26 on the two-point conversion. Then, Fresno quarterback Jake 
Hayner needed just 45 seconds to answer, completing a 45 pass to Jalen Moreno Cropper that set up the go-ahead four-yard score to Eric Brooks with 105 to play. Abraham Montano missed the extra point, and the Beavs had a chance to tie it with a field goal or win it with a TD. Now, a 28-yard pass from Nolan to Luke Musgrave got the ball to the 14, and then a pass interference call set up the final decision for Smith and the game-winning score. So what Beavs was referring to earlier is we were in Disneyland running around, going on different attractions, and I had the app on my phone, and we were watching in line. But when we go on an attraction, I would turn it off, put it in my pocket. So we're in line for a ride in Fantasyland, and we're slowly making our way through, and we see Oregon State down, and they make that great play where Treshawn Harrison cut all the way back across the grain, great downfield blocks, especially by Luke Musgrave, sprung him into the end zone for the goal-ahead score. Then we saw him go for two and get it. So the Bees are up by three, minute 50 to go. And you and I are thinking, okay, that's Looking it. pretty positive. Yep. Yeah, looking hold, good. Hold him here, and things should be good. So we go on the the ride. It was Snow White. And, and how long are you on that ride? Three two, minutes at best. Yeah, maybe a minute, maybe 90 seconds, two and a half minutes yeah. maybe. I mean, it's not super yeah, long. Lo- load, loading and unloading and getting your phone out of your pocket, maybe yep. three minutes total. Yep, we get back off the ride. I'm walking out. I pull my phone out. I open everything back up, and I went, holy crap, they scored. <laughs> And there was like a minute five to go. And I'm like, how the hell did that happen so fast? But then we saw, but I saw him miss the the extra point. So then we just decided we've got to sit down and watch the last little bit of the game. So that's when we sat at the table and watched it. And uh, it was funny because we were on the app. So we were a little bit behind what the broadcast was with with the delay of everything. Mm -hmm. So we saw the great pass to Musgrave. Then we saw the pass interference in the end zone which was a good call. It was definitely pass interference. And it was actually a good play by the, the the defender because if he doesn't interfere with the guy, it's probably a touchdown the Beavs win. Yeah. Right? And if you're, if you're going to manage it, that's the best way to manage it. Yeah, exactly. If, if, get, yeah. Get, at least give yourself a chance to stop him on one more play. Mm-hmm. Right? So they get the, get the ball at the two with the uh, pass interference in the end zone. And the Beavs look like they're lining up for uh, – field goal and Fresno state calls the timeout. So we're sitting there and then all of a sudden Beach's phone rang and it was our dad. And the funny thing is dad, you get a, you get a text message at the same time. Don't you? Uh, I got a text message from my wife right saying, at the same time, right at the same time saying, tell your dad hi when he calls you. <laughs> right. Which Jess always laughs when I'm watching a game here at home and the game's over She's like, tell your dad hi, and then literally like five seconds later, the phone will ring because she knows dad always calls me after the game, <laughs> right? Or sometimes he'll call me during the game. If, it, if the phone rings during the game, she'll be like, tell your dad hi, and it's usually dad. Yeah, and it's usually he calls because the game's tight and he needs somebody to talk to. Exactly. So so, <laughs> so dad calls, Beach answers his phone, and dad goes, you know, well, what, what do you well, say? What a, what, what a great, like something no, like. He said like, the, can you what, believe that? Yeah, can you believe that? And, and, like, we, and we both go, no! <laughs> and we go, we're watching it on the phone. It's behind. We don't know what's happened yet. The play hasn't happened. Be quiet. And so but, then, like, but then I so see Dad, but thanks so, for just... <laughs> Exactly. So Dad goes, okay. So we keep him on speakerphone, and we're kind of sitting there waiting for him to get to the play. And all of a sudden, Beach goes, but I feel I'm, 
feel kind of good about this play now. <laughs> and we start laughing. So then we saw the play happen and we saw Coletto take it, oh. take it right off the edge and, and score. So anyways, oh, fun, funny thing on our part, but man, that was a, it was a really good game. C- Coletto is so good at finding holes. Yeah. Well, first of all, he is a quarterback. I mean, everyone's got to remember he played quarterback for the bees a few years ago. He moved to defense because he's a great athlete. He's a great football player, right? He understands mm-hmm. football. He he knows a lot of positions on the field, and he just wanted to get in the game. And he kind of knew, if I stay at quarterback, I'm not going to see a lot of the field. Yeah. So, you know, he had never played uh, tie, uh, linebacker before, but but uh, the coaches were like, well, if you want to get on the field, we'll give you a shot. And he actually took right to it. And I think part of it helps is he, as a quarterback, understands what – linebackers are trying to do. Mm-hmm. So even though he'd never played position, he understood what they were trying to do and what they did. So, and like I said, he's a great athlete, but when you put him in the, and, and he had a number of tackles on Saturday because he got quite a bit of play. He also plays a crap ton on special teams. You know, he's on, he's on kickoff. I believe he's on kickoff return. He might be on both punt teams, punt return and, and punt. And you know, when he, when you bring him in on offense, they can use him at running back, which they do. They sometimes use him at fullback because he's a pretty good blocker. Mm-hmm. You know, he runs well with the ball if you get it in his hands. He knows how to read holes and follow blocks really well. Plus, if he ever takes a direct snap, he's a quarterback. He knows how to throw the ball. He can throw it, yeah. And, and he knows how to read defenses. You know, he knows how to read defensive backfields. So I mean, it's it's pretty damn impressive what he can do. I would like to see a graphic of – how many times he touches the ball does he A, score, or B, get a first down? Because a lot of times when they bring him in, it's third and short. So mm-hmm. they, they bring in Coletto to get the get the first down. So is that a touchdown? Yeah. Is that a score? No. Is it something huge? Yeah. So I'd like to see how many times he touches the ball. What's, what percentage of touches of his are touchdowns or first downs? Because I think it would be very high. I would and when I mean very high, I'm talking like up in the, you know, 90% range. You know, very rarely is he stopped. Yeah. So, but anyways, great game. What What do you think, Beach? You know, the the teams that we have played so far, I I think they are are both solid teams. I agree. And and I think they were good competition, good starting competition, especially for us. And. Um, and uh, I think uh, I think it's improving our game and uh, getting us really ready for for conference play. I agree. So I'm I'm excited for this season. Uh, we still got a lot of games to go, but so far I'm really enjoying the games. Yeah. And and you know that and and honestly, you know, sometimes it's nice to win 71 to seven or whatever the heck the the score of 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 the uh, of the Colorado game was or whatever that was. But but you know to watch a good competitive game. Yeah, uh, that that's well refed and and both teams, you know, are are playing well. That that's fun, and and that's kind of to me why we watch football. I agree. So, I agree. Um, so anyway, ah, <sighs> so and we've got uh, so we've got. I, I wonder how many of people of our ten people in our audience are going to the game on uh, on Saturday. I don't know. We will not be up there. I have to work. You just refuse you... to go to Portland. 
Yeah, I don't like dealing with the homeless anymore. I used to work there, and now the place scares the hell out of me. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. I just have to I work. Mean, just, so. And and that area of town has gotten really really bad. Yeah. So anyone so. going? Good luck. Root for the beeves, but we will not be there. Make sure you have your tetanus shot. Yeah. For before you go up there, and. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I was going to say take pack something, but they probably won't let you take it into the stadium. Well, I was going to tell you, and, and don't do not do it yourself, but pack meth so you can throw it as, as bait to get them away from you. <laughs> you can just like, hey, you know, here, see this, see this, see this? You want the meth? Want the meth? Here you go, and then throw it and run the other way. This is sad that this is what we think of Portland. It, so It's not what I think. I, it's what I know. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I went down to uh, New Orleans, you know, a few years back uh-huh. and uh, that was the first time I saw two dudes sitting on the corner really close to Bourbon Street. One was shooting the other guy up in the arm. Yeah. Like in broad daylight. This wasn't at night. He wasn't trying to be hidden. They were literally just sitting on the sidewalk about 10 o'clock in the morning. And one guy's tapping the other guy on the arm and he pulls out the needle to inject him. And and my friend Brittany was with me, and she's like, "Are are they shooting up? Are they shooting up?" I'm like, yeah, we're driving. We're gonna keep driving. Yeah, and it's just it's but it's, but, but that's that's where Portland has become, and they don't seem to want to acknowledge the issues. They yeah. they they'd rather negotiate with them. Well, you know, sometimes when people are making bad decisions, they're gonna continue to make bad decisions, and negotiating doesn't work. I completely agree. So, yeah. So right. <clears throat> anyway, well, Beach, it's but not- those people. Are- those who do go up there, be safe, have fun, uh, cheer on the beeves, wear orange. We'll look for you in the stands. Yep. Well, Beach, it is now time to look at the Pac-12 in the polls. So in the AP poll, USC moved up to number seven. Utah moved up to number 14. Oregon re-entered the poll at 25. And Oregon State and Washington State are in the others receiving votes category. In the USA Today coaches poll, USC moved up to 8, Utah to 15, Oregon entered the poll at 24, and Washington State, Oregon State, Washington, and UCLA are all in the others receiving votes category. So um, you might not know this one, but I ask you anyway, just to make it, um, who's the additional team that they have in, uh, in the USA Today poll that pushes everybody up one? Um, well, I don't think there's any different if teams. At, if USC is at 8 and Utah's at 15, I'm guessing they have a different number 7 in there? Um, well, in the coaches poll, they have Oklahoma State above USC, mm-hmm. whereas the AP has USC above Oklahoma State. Okay. And with Utah, um, they have... BYU, no, they're still there. Miami, um, NC State. The coaches have NC State above Utah. Okay, that's the big hey, discrepancy because um, the 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 press has NC State at sixteen, and the coaches have NC State at twelve. Hmm. So. Yeah, that is kind of a big big. Uh... Now, here's the thing to remember uh, this in the FCS coaches poll. So this is one double a, the football championship series this week's um, Beaver um, opponent, Montana state is ranked number four. 
Hmm. So don't forget that. Montana State's ranked four. And actually, Eastern Washington is ranked 15th. Now they were they are number right. they were number 11th before this year or before wow. before you lose to the Ducks. So, hmm. but anyways, won't be a pushover. All right, Beach. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the week award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, I would say. It's just being a uh, a reporter. What the, what did the reporters do this well, week? Well, really? he he didn't really do it. I mean, so it, it he just I, I read this thing and it pissed me off. And I'm like, I'm giving that guy the jackass of the week. Now, is the guy a jackass? <laughs> I don't know, but it pissed me off. Okay. Just the way the article, um, just the way the article concludes. Mm-hmm. So. Um, this is, uh, it's from Jay Brady McCullough. First of all, his name is Jay Brady McCullough. That just kind of annoys me. Yep. Yeah. Right? And he writes for the LA times strike two. Yep. But this is what his column was the other day. Now, I don't know if you know this page, but, um, the USC Oregon state game in a week and a half has been scheduled for six 30 on the PAC 12 network. Okay. A lot of Beaver fans are kind of pissed because everyone's feeling that both teams should be at 3-0, and and that will probably be one of the better games in the Pac-12 that week. Mm-hmm. But it's being relegated to the Pac-12 network. Hmm. So this is what... That, that, that is really shocking. Well, this is what Jay Brady McCullough writes, and you'll understand the reasoning behind some of it as I read this column. So he says... Just one day after ascending back to national relevance with a a number seven ranking in the AP poll, USC received a reminder of the struggle to gain exposure from coast to coast in its current conference. Wow. So they're blaming the conference. Okay. That kind of pisses me off right there. Mm -hmm. We can't get any attention because we're playing lousy teams like Oregon State University. We're, We're playing on the other coast and it's hard. So here's what it says. On September 24th, the the Trojans play at Oregon State in what is expected to be a battle of unbeaten teams and a sure draw for television ratings. But on Monday morning, when the Pac-12 announced its TV schedule for that day, USC Oregon State was listed as a 6.30 p.m. kickoff on the Pac-12 network. It had to be a typo. Fox airing Oregon-Washington State at 1 and ESPN airing Utah-Arizona State at 7.30 p.m while the Trojans are relegated to the Pac-12 network, which will greatly limit how many fans across the country could tune in to watch the latest installment of Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and Jordan Addison, and USC's deranged turnover-producing defense. The Pac-12 network no, is... Not, 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 a, not an egotistical view about your own talents at all. Yeah. Now, it says, The Pac-12 network is not available on all cable or satellite providers, with direct TV customers among those shut out. Now it says, it was not a typo, so how did this happen? The explanation is actually pretty simple, but it doesn't make the scenario any less maddening for USC fans. And I would add Oregon State fans. According to multiple sources with knowledge of the situation who were not authorized to speak publicly, this season, by contract, the Pac-12 network is guaranteed to carry at least three USC games. Okay. 
The Trojans already played their season opener against Rice on the Pac-12 network. The Stanford game aired on ABC, and Saturday's Fresno State game will air on Fox. Knowing that two of the final nine games have to air on Pac-12 network, Fox and ESPN passed on USC-Oregon State, so they will have more choices among the Trojans' bigger games later in the season, as, theoretically, they continue mounting a push for the college football playoff semifinals. So, one, I hope, or, well, one, I hope USC just takes it in the shorts and bites bites it for every game. Mm-hmm. Know, screw those guys. Um, but, so, by contract, there has to be three games on there. Gotcha. So there's only been one, so two more have to go. So what Fox and what Fox and ESPN are saying is we're not going to take these games. We're not going to take this game, even though it's probably going to be a good game. We're yeah. going to wait, hoping the other games later might draw more or eyes. Might be more valuable. Exactly. But it, but they might not, right? They could they could bite them mm-hmm. in the butt. Yep. Now now this uh, the guy goes on looking ahead. USC's matchups at Arizona and home against Cal jump out as games that could potentially be the Trojans' third Pac-12 network broadcast. So in other words, these two games we look at, you know, would be a crummy one for them to put on there too. Now he, can, mm-hmm. now he continues. Of course, whenever the news comes out next, it would also be disappointing, even if we now understand why. The good news for the Trojan faithful, here's what pissed me off, once USC is in the Big Ten starting in 2024, it will never have to settle for what is akin to a regional audience again. I hope they just fall on their faces. I do, too. I really do, too. And I hope they get all sorts of games starting at noon back east. So they get to play at 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. I hope. I hope they have home games that start at 9. Or maybe even some Big Ten games start at 11 back east. Right? So they can get it on at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yep. Have fun with that, guys. Enjoy. Uh, Again, it's just it's the arrogance that's involved there that just irks me. My thing is they don't like being on the Pac-12 network all the time. I agree. Stay in the Pac-12. Fight for a better a better, uh, a better, better con- TV, TV contract. contract. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fight for a better TV contract. Mm-hmm. But and, and part of it's going to happen because, you know, the Big Ten is completely off of ESPN when this new contract starts. Really? It's all on Fox. They took it all away from ESPN. Is ESPN going to survive? It seems like it's dying. Well, I mean, both of these Fox is in the same position where they're having to put out boatloads of money for stuff that doesn't necessarily have all the returns. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, I, I, like I said, I read it. I just kind of read it in a snotty voice. And I remember thinking, screw this guy, screw, screw Jay. What's his name? Jay Brady Cunningham. Jay Brady McCullough. So anyways, just because you annoyed me this week, Jay Brady McCullough, you get this week's Jackass of the Week. Anyways, I was just reading it and it annoyed me. 
Right. Well, it does. It does. Again, it it comes off arrogant. Yeah. So you know, we're so good that we deserve better. Well, you you might be good and you might deserve better, but uh, but uh, I don't know. Um, it's uh, there's a lot of good teams out there too. We'll see how USC does this year in the Pac-12. And I hope they get their ass handed to them. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. It is now time for this week's musical interlude. And I forgot to add, we actually got another email. But this one's just from Kyle, and I hate Kyle. So, but, but I'm interested to see what Kyle picked for his music, though, because he always has such uh, interesting detail. Correct, and he we told him to pick this, this week's song. So here's what Kyle says. He said, when looking up background for this week's pick, I was surprised to find it only peaked at 46 on the Billboard Top 100 when it was released in 1989, though it hit number two in the Billboard Modern Rock chart. Hmm. I remember thinking the video and the band's name, The Cult, was edgier than most of MTV's hair bands, especially the deathly pale lead singer with his skull-embellished cowboy hat. Plus, this song has had staying power, sure to be heard on classic rock stations for many years to come. It was also featured in an episode of Beavis and Butthead. Now, I actually, um, he and, and Kyle included the clip, um, from Beavis and Butthead. So I actually recorded it and I'm mm-hmm. going to put it at the end of this week's episode. Okay. So if you listen at the end of this week's episode, there'll be the little clip of the song that was featured on Beavis and Butthead. Is it with Beavis and Butthead's narrative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah narration? Yeah. Okay. Correct. Now Kyle finishes up. Back in my days as a wildland, wildland firefighter, when a call would come in, I would sing this song on the drive to the fire. I hope you enjoy Firewoman as much as I do. So Beach, here without any further ado, is the cult with Firewoman.
And I love that song, Beach. It's good. Good pick. Yeah. But see, here's part of the thing. I don't think the that song and really the cult were as big out here on the West Coast as it was on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Because 19... We're, we're... 1989, I was 16. I was listening to a ro- lot of rock radio, and I mm-hmm. never remember hearing The Cult. I don't either. Uh, I, you know, I remember, I think I pretty much listened to back in those days, it was probably KUFO mm-hmm. and uh, and KGON. Correct. And uh, satellite stereo and pod- and uh, and streaming music didn't exist yet, so those were pretty much your sources. Correct. And like I said, I never remember hearing The Cult. It wasn't until later. There's another band called Kicks that I really like that I never yeah. remember hearing back here. I don't remember hearing out here. Didn't Kicks, if, if my memory, I can't think of any other songs off the top of my head, but I know the name. Didn't they sound a little bit like ACDC? A little bit. Or they sounded like somebody. Yeah. They've got a song called Cold Blood. Okay. And I love that song. It's a great song. But anyways, um, but yeah, and I don't remember hearing them out here, but I think it was bigger back east. Just like I know there was bands that were bigger out here on the West Coast than there was back East. Because back at the time, things were a lot more regional. Yeah, East Coast, West Coast thing. Yeah. I mean, rappers died over that. Yes, they did. All right, Beach. Great pick, Kyle. I like that one. That was a good, good, good call. And I like the little story about I'm, driving out to the fire. Yeah, I'm anxious to uh, listen to the Beavis and Butthead take on it. Yeah. All right, Beach. It is now time to preview week number three in the Pac-12. Looks like we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 games. So 10 picks. 10 picks. Okay. Do we have All a... All right. Trying to look to see if we have a, a conference game. It doesn't look like it. I don't know who doesn't play. All right. So first up, Southern Alabama at UCLA. Southern Alabama... At UCLA. I'm going to take, even though I hate bitch tits, I'm going to take UCLA. You're taking UCLA? Kyle says, the only Alabama that the Pac-12 beat, UCLA. I, too, am taking UCLA, but didn't they beat, um, UCLA beat Alabama State last week. So, that's actually the other Alabama they can beat. Hmm. All right, so three for UCLA. Up next, Cal at number eight, Notre Dame. Well, that's not number eight anymore because they're they're 0-2. 0-2 and still receiving votes, votes in the top 20 or in the top 25, yeah. That's what's messed up. I don't know who to take on this, though. Um You know, I'm going to take Notre Dame. Okay. Mainly because they're playing at Notre Dame. That's exactly why I was going to take Notre Dame. Kyle says, Notre Dame uses Cal as the... What's it say here? Oh, damn it. It says, um, Notre Dame uses Cal as the emergency break to stop their losing slide. And I agree. Also taking Notre Dame. All right. Up next... Number 12, BYU at Oregon. BYU. I too am taking BYU. The Cougars are gonna the Cougars are gonna take him to take him to town. No. 
Kyle says, would you care to see another testament of how much the Ducks suck? BYU. A little Bible humor there. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Okay. All right, Beach. Next up. <clears throat> Colorado at Minnesota. Colorado versus the Screaming Eagles. <laughs> Gonna live? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm gonna take Minnesota. Minnesota. Kyle says my second favorite road team, Minnesota. I too am taking Minnesota. Next up, Colorado State at Washington State. Well, Washington State seems to be on a run, so we're going to pick the Cougs for that one. I, too, am taking Washington State. Kyle says, based on their hel helmet emblems, this is a good game. The ra that Ram is pretty cool, but he's taking Washington State. Okay. Not okay. much difference in any of us here. Next up. Michigan State, which is ranked, what's Michigan State ranked? 11th, number 11, Michigan State at Washington. And again, I'm going to stay with the uh, the Washington team, and I'm going to pick the Huskies for this one. Kyle says, Huskies turn out good at home. Washington, I'm going to take Michigan State. Mm, look at you breaking it up. Yeah. Next up, San Diego State at number eleven, Utah. Was it eleven? Fourteen. At number fourteen, Utah. Fourteen. I'm gonna take the Utes on this one. I think San Diego State can't keep up. You are taking Utah. Kyle says Utah serves up the funeral potatoes. I too am taking the Utes. Next up, Fresno State at number seven, USC. Fresno State's kind of making the Pac-12 rounds this year. Mm -hmm. um, I'm picking Fresno State for the upset. Kyle says, Fresno because USC needs to lose. Yeah. I'm going to take USC, but I hope they lose that game. Okay. If I don't get a win there, I'll be very happy. Next up, North Dakota State at Arizona. God, that's a toughie. Who's going to play worse? That's the question. I'm going to go with Arizona. I think they're going to be able to pull a win. You're taking Arizona. Kyle says Notre Dame steps up and wins, or uh, excuse me, North Dakota steps up and wins in the desert. So are you going to stick with Arizona? Final answer? A final answer. Okay. I'm going to take uh, number one ranked North Dakota State. Because they're ranked number one. In I just, yes. I just don't think they're going to be able to handle the heat. 
Mm. All right. One more game for the picks. I mean, North Dakota is so cold. How cold is it? It's so cold that the people of North Dakota want to rename their state Dakota so people don't think it's as cold as it really is. <laughs> Siri, that's true. Did I know. you know that? I, I do know that, yeah. Yeah. All right, so we got that. Last up, Eastern Michigan at Arizona State. And I'll pick uh, – we're going to just round out the Arizona schools and pick the – pick uh, ASU. So uh, – Kyle says, 9 o'clock kickoff on the Pac-12 network? Really? No wonder teams are want to leave the Pac-12. You will just get as many people watching if you played it at 5 and rebroadcast it. True. And so he is taking, I guess he's taking ASU. Does he not? Is that all he said? He didn't pick a team? He just rambled on about the time the game is? Yeah. So I'm going to take ASU. I'm going to put him down for ASU. Because he didn't say. And I'm going to take ASU. All right. So there we go for the week. All right, Beach. And the final game, Montana State at Oregon State up in Portland. Mm-hmm. We've kind of already talked about this game already. Yep. Any more thoughts on it? It's going to be a tough game. I think people think because they're FCS, they're going to go in and walk over them. But Montana State played in the FCS championship last year. And they're ranked number four right now. So they're not a bad football team. Okay. Well, we will. Uh, yeah. No. I. I. I try never. I root for Oregon State University. I try never to overlook any opponents. No. And and just so everybody's aware, um, Luke Musgrave has been ruled out for this game. Oh really? Yes. What he, uh, What did he do to himself? He got dinged up there at the end of the game. Don't you remember? That's part of the reason why the bees called oh. timeout. Yeah. Because he got a little nicked up. How bad? Do we know or do we Nick, don't talk about injuries? They don't really talk about it, but he's nicked up enough that he's ruled out for this game. Okay. So, And hopefully they'll be getting Alton Julian back in the defensive backfield. He was at the game and dressed down last week, but he didn't get on the field. Hmm. He's been out since the end of last season when he got hurt. Gotcha. So, Anyways, anything else to add this week, Beach? I don't think so, Billy. Um, I'm I'm uh, looking forward to uh, looking forward to our game on Saturday. I'll actually be able to be home and watch it on TV. Uh, Mike over to the folks' house. Maybe I'll watch it out in the barn. I'm not sure yet. There you so, go. but uh, I'm I'm anxious to sit down, enjoy a beaver game in a uh, warm environment without uh, homeless or crime around me. It'll be kind of fun. Cool. 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 Well, I'm looking forward to it, and like I said, I just hope the Bees win. I, I know people get all worried about rankings. Let me tell you, people, rankings don't matter. Just win. Mm-hmm. Win. If you win, everything else takes care of itself. Absolutely. Yep. Anyways, well, Beach, if you don't have anything else to add, let's hope for another Beaver win for this week and a great big Go Bees.
Video over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> you could do that if you had one of those uh, those uh, CPRs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those things are cool. <laughs> tattoos are cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish I was born with a tattoo. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> no, dumbass, you're not born with them. You get them when you join the Navy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get one. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could have I'm a wuss tattooed across your butt. <laughs> Shut up, butthead. I'll kick your ass. <laughs> Be quick and dirty. Yeah, down and dirty. We're not because uh, there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have to. We don't have to add a lot of filler. No, they're just. It's. It, it'll just. Well, we'll go. We're just going to start and go. <clears throat> we'll talk so about we'll, it as we go along. Let's rock this shit, Billy. All right. Welcome to a legal participation. See, you start doing that every time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it because it. it fucks you up. Go ahead. All right, Beach, the men, uh, Oregon State men's soccer team. I'm sorry, I got a burp coming. Oh. There it was. I thought I thought you were just. Uh... See, there it was right there. Wow, and you're going to totally edit that out, aren't you? Uh, maybe. <laughs> the two State... dudes. Yeah. The two dudes. That's it. It's just what, what your podcast is about. It's just two dudes. Two dudes being. Okay. <laughs> the Oregon State All men's right, soccer. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like animal. From the Muppets. Because you keep interrupting me. Oh, go ahead. 